Hello, and welcome to the second episode in our Spotlight on You podcast series from the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. My name is Deborah White, and I'll be your host today. Joining me are three LTPAC nurses. We have APACN's Vice President of Curriculum Development, Amy Stewart, APACN Board Chair and Senior Vice President of Clinical Operations for Ithaca, Jill Snow, and APACN Past Board Chair and Partner for RKL, Stephanie Kessler. Welcome, ladies. In our first episode, we looked back on 2019 trends and some of the accomplishments of the association. Today, our panel will discuss challenges our members are facing right now and how APACN is helping to support them. In January of this year, APACN conducted our member satisfaction research. We do this every other year to monitor how we're doing as an association and to also understand our members' needs and how we can better meet those needs. One question we ask each year in the study is, what are your top three challenges? This year, members identified staffing, so retention and burnout specifically, PDPM, and documentation. So this survey was conducted in January. So keep in mind that was before the COVID-19 crisis began. Until then, PDPM was top of mind for most of our members, and APACN has done and continues to do a lot for members in that area. For the purposes of today's conversation, let's put PDPM aside and really focus on documentation, nurse burnout and well-being, and then add infection control processes, which, as we know, that is a top concern currently into the mix. So let's start there, Stephanie. What are some challenges that facility leaders are having with infection control and prevention during the COVID-19 specifically related to focus surveys? Well, thanks, Deborah. I really think that that question or the response to that question is going to be different depending on the facility. I mean, as you know, there are some facilities that are really inundated with caring for COVID-positive residents, and it's really hard to keep up with the day-to-day crisis in addition to looking ahead and being proactive. And then you've got some facilities that don't have cases and they are really focusing on preventing cases in their facility and keeping everyone safe. So we know that there are still a lot of seats that are struggling to obtain the PPE or the protective equipment as well as testing. And their focus really is on, as it should be, caring for the residents and making sure they have everything to keep the residents and the staff safe. Now, with the recent memorandum that came out related to an enhanced enforcement for the infection control deficiencies, it certainly puts an increased spotlight on nursing homes as it relates to infection control and prevention. So I think utilizing the guidance documents, fact sheets, there's also the weekly calls that facilities can participate in is going to help them in infection prevention. Another challenge I think that providers and facilities are really having is keeping up with the daily changes. And HHS continues to provide some relief funds, you know, the latest being May 22nd when they provided specific funding to nursing homes and hopefully some facilities can use those funds to assist with infection prevention as it relates to COVID. In addition to the CDC guidelines, I think it's great to have organizations such as APACN who can do a lot of that legwork to help facilities keep up with all of these continuous changes and provide excellent tools to the facility leaders at this time. 
Great. Thank you, Stephanie. That's um, some great information and recommendations. Amy, let's talk about APACN resources in particular. What do we have to help members with infection control and prevention? Sure, Deborah. Let me start by saying we have a number of free tools on our APACN coronavirus website. And at the top of the list, you know, just based on Stephanie's input here, I'm thinking that our listeners will find the survey readiness checklist very helpful. But in addition to that survey checklist, we also have an infection control tool that outlines the various components of an infection prevention and control program. We have a job description for the infection preventionist. And then we also have a couple of ready-to-deliver in-service tools on common carriers of infections for nurses, and then one for the nurse aides titled Don't Cause Infections. Lastly, we have several free tools, as I mentioned, on our COVID website, including resident and staff surveillance during COVID-19. We also have a hand hygiene competency tool, as well as a brand new PPE competency tool that our listeners can use to help audit uh, these two top concerns that are on the top of the list for infection control citations. That's hand hygiene and issues centered around PPE use. And I also wanna mention that we have a lot of articles as well. We have a plethora of articles on infection control that our listeners might find helpful as well. Great, thanks Amy. Okay, let's move on to documentation. Jill, can you share why documentation during a crisis like this is so critical? I probably don't need to tell everybody how important it is. We know, nurses know, that what's not documented isn't done. I mean, it's the old adage. And, you know, it gets really hard in an emergency because everybody is focused on the care of the patients and the safety of the patients and the staff. But even in a normal emergency, those things are finite, they're time limited. And so it's easy to go back and recall that information. I think what has made it so difficult with this pandemic is it has gone on for so long. You know, everyone has said, and I'm sure everyone's heard it, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And this marathon, I feel like I've been in the third leg of it for about two years. Um, but when you think about, when we think about documenting during a crisis, you know, Janet and I did a webinar a week or so ago on this and spent a, a great deal of time on it. But I think that we all know that documenting before or during is always best. Most of us know as a practical matter, it doesn't happen that way. When you're in the throes of a crisis, you're trying your best to just make it through the day, make it through the week and getting those patient tasks and those staff care elements taken care of. And so what I try to tell people is know what you need to document. Start with all of the incoming. What are the guidance pieces from CMS, DPH, CDC that you're using to make decisions about how you provide care? And then add to that how you responded. Because the more information you have, the more you're able to respond versus react, which is where we all really try to stay in crisis. Okay, great. Thank you, Jill. Um, I just want to pause for a second and let our listeners know that the webinar that Jill mentioned, as well as some of the resources that Amy has mentioned, will be linked in the description of this podcast. So when you're ready or you want to learn more about them, be sure to check out the description. 
Okay, Amy, I know APACN has a lot of resources to help members specifically in the area of documentation. Other than the webinar that Jill just mentioned, can you tell us what else is available? Deborah, I'm really excited to announce to our listeners that we have a brand new documentation toolkit. This documentation toolkit has embedded within it some tools to help nurse leaders train their staff on what's needed to document on a variety of topics. So the documentation toolkit starts out with a little bit of background as to why we need documentation, why it's necessary, then goes into talking about documentation related to the nursing process. But my favorite part about this is the tools that go through various conditions that we might come across. So for example, there is a tool embedded in this documentation toolkit that will help our nurse leaders teach documentation for, and I'll give you one of the examples. One of the examples in the toolkit is infection and sepsis. And it goes through and gives examples of what that documentation should look like. So I'm really excited and, you know, that this is a brand new product that we have for our listeners. Great. We're excited. Amy, that is awesome because so many folks that I talk to um, on a regular basis across the states, they are looking for something to help them build out that framework. How do I document what I'm doing on real time. So I knew you guys were working on that. I am so excited that it is ready to go. Thank you. Great. Yes. And we expect to have that out by the end of this month, which is June of 2020. So the last area we wanted to cover today was the issue of burnout and wellness, particularly nurse burnout and wellness and during this crisis. Amy, let's stay with you. What can nurse leaders do today to help mitigate burnout and improve the health and wellness of their staff? Thanks, Deborah. The most important thing for nurse leaders to do today is round with their staff. Rounding with staff has never been more important than it is right now. Checking in with staff is critical. Asking them how they're doing and talking about what they're feeling is really important. It helps to build resiliency. And that resiliency is what helps us recover from troubling times, such as we're seeing with the pandemic. I also want to mention that I recently taped a podcast on communication during a crisis that provides a lot of really helpful tips on how to communicate with staff, residents, and families during a crisis. And our listeners might find that helpful as well. Great. And it's really good to see that other organizations as well are concerned about what's happening to nurses right now. I understand that APACN is working with the University of Kansas School of Nursing on some research into this area. Amy, are you able to tell me more about that right now? Absolutely. Man, I have such passion about this and I'm very excited about this research study. And this research study with the University of Kansas will look at the quality of life of nurses and nurse aides during the pandemic. You know, this is an opportunity for our listeners to participate in the study and to share their experiences. The confidential data collected will be used to help develop tools to help combat burnout and boost staff retention. Great. Thank you. And if you're listening in the month of June 2020, that survey will be going out around the 10th of June. 
And we would love for our listeners to answer it and to forward it to as many of their nursing peers in long-term care as possible. So that's it. Thank you again to our panel for this informative discussion. If you are a member of ANAC or AADNS and would like to provide feedback to the APACN Board of Directors, you'll find an email address in the description of this episode, as well as sort of a list of the, all the great resources that Amy and the panel has mentioned during this discussion. Be sure to subscribe to LTC NAC Chat or LTC DON Chat to receive notification when new episodes are available. Thank you for listening. This is Deborah White for a packin'.